This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. Metron Garage is a company designing unique garages, condos, and other structures specifically for the auto enthusiasts. They've got eight models to choose from, including two-story options, which I think is super cool, while with a very modern look and feel to them. And they come in all sizes, and they're fully customizable. You can check out them today and start specking your own ultimate garage at metrongarage.com, where you can request a catalog or talk to someone to learn more. So be sure to check it out. I just want to give a quick thanks to Euro Classics for sponsoring this episode. Euro Classics is all about collector cars, from servicing your new BMW M5 to prepping your Porsche for the racetrack to executing a total restoration on your favorite classic. They do it all from routine maintenance to performance upgrades to appraisals and everything in between. You can learn more about its owner, Dale Oaks, by listening to episode number 65 of this podcast. And you can find Euro Classics in the Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana service area and online at euroclassics.com. Classics, C-L-A-S-S-I-X dot com. Well, welcome back to the Collector Car Podcast. Hey, it's Greg. Uh, this is all about JDMs today. As you know, a couple episodes ago, I covered cars on the rise, Japanese domestic market cars, JDM cars. And if you go back even further, I've covered JDM cars uh, with the next generation, episode 115, back in eight, episode 85. Uh, those were one of the 15 cars you need to buy now. And way back, episode 70, I covered JDM Racing with Hog Racing. And then way back in episode 22, I talked about what are JDM cars and why you should care. Now, that might sound like I'm an expert on the subject matter, but I am not. But I do have the expert on the subject matter. So I'd like to welcome Sean Morris with Top Rank Importers. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate it. I am not, like I said, I am not an expert on JDM cars. Uh, I know it's an important trend coming out in the collector car marketplace, and I know that the next generation collector, a lot of them are there now, and I know you're on the forefront of that with your business. So if you would, before we get into your ultimate JDM garage, could you kind of give us an overview of top-ranked importers and what you do? Sure. Um, so, you know, I'm uh, just to kind of give you give people an idea, I'm 47, um, you know, I've been in the car business my whole life. Um, I first went to Japan in 91, and you know, saw the cars and stuff over there then, and that's sort of what got me into them. Um, but uh, our business, uh, Top Rank, um, we're part of a, a Japanese company. Um, so, so, so I had my own business here, and then I, I merged it with a Japanese company, Top Rank, and uh, we're basically been importing cars. It, what What really was the catalyst for this was when the R32 GTR turned 25 years old in uh, 2014. So starting in 2014 was when a lot of people, there was a lot of attention because obviously the, the Skyline GTR, the R32 GTR, was uh, a very desirable car. So um, that, that's sort of the, the, the gist of, of where we got started. Um, we import a lot of cars. We, we generally have about 60, 70, up to 100 cars in stock here in the States. And um, we do California compliance. We, do, we, we ship cars all over the country. And, 
That's really, really cool. And so I, I did ask you, or I'd like to ask you, if you would, cover the differences between the three generations, R32, R33, R34. And for my listeners, if you go back about three episodes, two or three episodes, I kind of went into some of the recent market trends. And it's really been shocking the last literal, literally three months how much these cars have appreciated recently from some of the auction results. But if you could, could you kind of give my listeners an overview of those three generations how they're different and why people are very excited about the R34 coming available, I believe it's January of 2024. It, that, that's correct. So um, basically, the Skyline GTR is my car or, you know, it's basically my expertise. So I could ramble on for them, about them forever. But basically, uh, R32 GTR, 89 to 1994, it was the first version. Um, you know, so you've got the RB26 DETT, which is a 2.6-liter twin-turbo iron block aluminum head, sodium-filled exhaust valves, individual throttle body, you know, twin ceramic turbos, front-mount intercooler, coil-on plug, um, you, you know, engine with a five-speed uh, manual transmission behind it with a uh, what's called a Tesla all-wheel drive, and then they also have full steering called Hikus. So back in 89, when that car came out, I mean, it was, you know, basically – as far as technology is concerned, I mean, there wasn't anything else really out there shy of a supercar like a Porsche 959 that, that was anywhere close to the kind of technology that, you know, a relatively normal person could buy back then. Um, and then what happened, uh, so they, they, raced, they raced the R32 GTR very successfully in Group A in Australia. Um, it did really well because the, the platform took well to uh, the limitations of tire and thing in, in, in that era. And so it's a little more, little more boxy. It's a little bit smaller of a car. Um, it's still, against it, it, its contemporaries, people would call it heavy, but it's not really that heavy. Um, then the R33 GTR, that was 1995 to 1998, um, they made 43,000 uh, R32 GTRs. And so there are all, also other versions of R32s. Um, just I mostly focus on the GTR, but there's, there's two doors, there's four doors, there's the ones with the two-liter engine, there's automatic, there's... Um, there's like 13 or 14 different variations of R32 GTR. Oh, I'm sorry, R32. So R33, 95 to 98, basically it got a bigger car. It got longer, longer wheelbase. It got more of the GT, which is ba basically um, softer, I guess you could say, uh, but a little bit more stable of a platform um, because it's longer and wider and, and uh, a little bit more rounded. Um, for here in the States, a lot of people liked it because they liked the one-piece headlight. It kind of fit into that, into that 90s era styling. And so, um, but underneath, uh, basically, same engine, same transmission, uh, all-wheel drive is the same. Uh, the, just the Hikus went to, to, from hydraulic to, to electronic. And, um, I mean, even a lot of similarities even in the suspension and things. And then for the R34, the R34 was uh, 1999 to 2002, and the R34 was a different styling change again. Um, people liked the aggressive look of the headlights. Um, most people probably know the car from things like Fast and Furious, I mean, Gran Turismo. So it was one of the main character cars in, in Fast and Furious 2, and then it showed up in a lot of the other um, parts of the movie. Sure. So the so the the difference on the R34. So it's still the same engine. Uh, the transmission they put a six-speed Getrag, which uh, like a V160, which was the same or similar as used in the uh, Mark IV Supra. So still all-wheel drive. Um, and again, underneath 
suspension-wise, underneath 33, 34 are the same. You know, somebody's going to tell call me out on all the things that are different, <laughs> but, but but trust me, it's 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 more or less the same. There's a couple there's a couple little differences. There's improvements. There's like continual improvements. You know, through the years on the cars, there's always like little changes that go on. But um, in the grand scheme of things, most 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 of the parts are all the same. I mean, um, you know, the R34 has a one-piece uh, lower control arm and and uh, uh, a tension rod, you know, versus a two-piece that's in the R33. But I mean, honestly, it's it's really not that much different. They saved a little bit of weight, you know. I mean, like I said, they continual improvements. Right. So, um, but but basically, and they made eleven thousand um, uh, R34s. So, you know, as you went up in year, you got less cars. Um, they were, they honestly, especially towards the end, they really weren't that popular. They didn't sell that many, you know, in Japan. And then, you know, other than a very limited number of cars uh, around the world, so you're looking at like uh, about 100 or so in Australia, um, the U.K. Uh, for the R32, um, the U.K. for the R33 and R34, um, and a couple in New Zealand, a couple, you know, in different places in the world, they really didn't sell the cars outside of Japan. So um, anybody that knows about them is from some other source. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, and you've just given me a whole lot of questions. And I know I'm trying to keep this to 30 <laughs> minutes, so let's see if we can do that. Uh, let's see. First question. Uh, there, sure. well, I think I know the answer, but I'll ask the question. Uh, there wasn't an R31, or was there? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The 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 Nissan the, the Skyline has been around since 1957. Right. Uh, yeah. You know the thing is, it has a very very long heritage. Um, you know, some people see just that car, but there's there was no GTR R31. Right. So it's the so, R32. G yeah. R30. Yeah. And so and then you also then now you do have. You do have the Hako, the Hakuska um, GTR, which was uh, 1969, and that was ran out until uh, basically 1973, um, 73 being the last year, uh, gas crunch stuff. And then there was a, a design change in there to went from what we call the Hako or Box Skyline to the Ken Mary. And those are very limited number of cars, and, you know, they're not they're, – they're, uh, for lack of a better description, it's more like uh, uh, five ten type stuff, you know. Where sure, like, Datsun well, five ten. Yeah, it's an older car, you know, and so and they basically have uh, the engine that's in the older cars is a an older GPR is what's called an S twenty, and it's a double overhead cam sort of L series sort of. And again, somebody's going to kill me on that, but, you know, <laughs> to, but that's trying to keep it. Yeah. That's where the R32 comes from, right? Going back to the 69 original in, in spirit. In, in spirit, exactly. And so then, you know, they basically, when they, when they brought that car out in 89, it was a, you know, it, it was a giant killer. Right. Yep. Yep. And one thing I see, I, well, I don't, I don't see, but one thing I wonder if it's going to be, if it would impact market prices eventually is the fact that their right-hand drive, did they make any left-hand drive R32, 33, 34s? They did not from the factory, no. Okay. Okay. No, I was just curious about that. I didn't think they did, but there, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's conversions. Like, people have, have converted them. Um, uh, you know, there's a, there's a few out there in the world, and you, you always, you're always going to meet somebody who will swear to you that they made some, but they, they didn't. And okay. I, I mean, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm good friends with, you know, all, 
lots of people at Nissan and uh, even you know part of Klan are on the on the thirty four and stuff, and they didn't make them. So, right, right, okay. Well, I got two more questions here before we get to your ultimate garage. Sure. Is there an R thirty five GTR that you feel will be collectible, like you know another six years or whatever from Nismo. now? Okay, Nismo. it just goes to Nismo. Yeah, the Nismo versions for sure. So, well, I mean, so you're going to have um, so so. You, any of the, the Nismos are really limited. There's very few numbers of the ones that were sold here in the States. They were, you know, a couple hundred grand to start with. And the thing is that, you know, there's a lot of other normal R35s. And so when you get into the Nismo, and, and there's some of them that, you know, there's like one. There's like one red 2015 <laughs> right. or something, you know, uh, uh, Nismo or something. And so, you know, that car to the kind of guy that wants a red one like me, you know, with, with, you know, at a point which you want it, you got to pay whatever you want, you know, if that's what you wanted right now. So, but yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. My, my last question, I think this is my last question before sure. we get to the ultimate garage. Yeah, no looking, worries. yeah. 30 years from now, looking back on these three generations, which one do you feel would be the most collectible, not counting one off, you know, special models and stuff? I mean, you mean entire generation, or 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 you know, because there's there's yeah there's a entire bunch of different. I would say entire generations, just broad strokes. Yeah, I mean, basically, my personal favorite is R32 GTR. Um, okay. that, but then they made the most of them; they're the most common. Uh, and so, therefore, the thing is that most people, you know, as far as what people are going to pay for cars and desirability, and then the fact that there's less numbers, it's R34. Okay. Yep. Okay. Is drivability part of that, or more horsepower and that kind of stuff? Just all Fast and Furious. Oh. <laughs> so mean, that's the big driver. Huh? Look, uh, I mean, they all drive. They all drive more or less the same. Right. You know. Right. Um, you know, you've got the you got the six speed in the in the R thirty four. It's a little bit bigger. But, you know, a little bit bigger of a car. R thirty three is you know even 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 bigger still. Um, I still prefer the rawness and the a little bit smaller, a little bit more, um, I don't know, sketchiness of an R32. So Sure, sure. Okay. Well, listeners, stay tuned because at the end of the Ultimate Garage, I do have to run Sean through Keep Cash and Crush, so be sure to listen to that. And then also, Sean, I will want to get a, a few more specifics if we have time on what it takes to go ahead and buy an R34 from you and just what that process looks like. So let's go ahead and move to the Ultimate Garage. So now I asked you to pick 10 JDM cars that would be in your Ultimate Garage. You sent me a list, and I want you to go through the list right now and kind of some brief reasons why. Uh, most of these I've mentioned on previous podcast episodes, but there are two that I've never heard of. So I'm curious to hear about those. So you want to go ahead and go over your list for us? Uh, sure, I sent it to you, but I don't remember exactly what I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start with the one you already yeah, said. R32, R32 GTR, I know for yes. sure it was on there. It's because I think I put it on there twice, and that was intentional. So, um, I mean, obviously, <laughs> like I said, when I, I, I went to Japan in 91, I saw the cars. I, I saw the, the, the videos and stuff then. I bought videos when I was there with my dad. I thought it was a cool car. And so... Um, I, I really like them, um, you know, I, and I've, I've liked them for a long time. I think, again, they, they do a lot of stuff right, and uh, they sort of fit me. So, Okay. No, that's great. Now, your second one was the Mitsubishi Delica. Is, am, I, am I saying that correctly? Mitsubishi Delica. So, 
the Delica is a van. It's a, and, and so they're uh, like a 4 by 4 diesel van um, generally. And so there's, there's older ones and newer ones. There's different generations of them. And um, I, I don't know. I just sort of dig them. I sort of like driving them. I've, I've you know, gone with my family out to Death Valley a few times, you know, driven around. We took, them, took one up to Monterey. Actually, we took another one to Monterey uh, this last year. So um, they're just sort of this comfortable oddball thing. Um, they have all kinds of different, uh, some of them have like a full, uh, like what they call crystal light roof, which is like a, a almost like a um, multiple sunroofs in them okay. where, or, and, and, and like shading and, you know, some of them have weird stuff like, you know, cool boxes, you know, basically refrigerators and stuff in them and, and uh, very comfortable seats and uh, like I said diesel and, and full drive. So they're just sort of a, a cool, weird thing that, that we just never really got anything uh, equivalent, I guess you could say, here in the States. So. Yeah, it sounds very utilitarian and useful as well. Yeah, and, and they're actually, they can be pretty comfortable. So oh, cool. Comfortable to drive. So. All right, your third one is the Suzuki Cappuccino, and I believe those were only made in 1991. Is that right? That is not right. No, they, oh. made, a, they, made, uh, they, made, a, they made quite a few years of them. So okay. All the caps. So... So you've got the cappuccino. So you've got the ABC. You got the what's called the um, the AZ1, the Beat, and the cappuccino. Those are all the small K cars um, that were sort of popular in that time period. I think they made the cap ninety to ninety five, ninety six. And there's a, okay. there's a there's an actual there's a break. There's a there's an engine change and stuff in there. Um, but they're a little tiny car. They're fifteen hundred pounds. They have a they're a hard top uh, convertible, so the uh, the top on them they basically have like a T top, yep. and so the T top all can come off, and then actually the rear window section also can fold down, so you can either have it up or fold down. Uh, it has a 657 cc uh, three cylinder turbocharged engine. They are supposedly 62 horsepower, but they are every single spec of 62 horsepower. Um, <laughs> they rev to 8,500 or something stock, and guys modify them, and they rev them to you know 10, 11,000 RPM. Wow. Um, you know, and and so with like a blow valve and a exhaust and stuff, they uh, they make all the fun sounds. I mean, they're not fat, you know, by any means. They're, right. they're okay, you know. They're um, but they make all the fun sounds, and they're they're like driving a, a go kart. They're just absolutely really small. If you are a bigger human, you will not fit. I love this car because we have a couple running around the Cincinnati area, and it looks like to me the car that would come out of the Super Mario game. <laughs> I mean, it's just super cool yeah. and cute. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're and again, they're just really fun to drive. I mean, they're just they're just so small. You just feel like you can, you know, you, you can autocross in a in any parking lot. So yeah, so so like you're driving a go kart for real. So why did you pick that car instead of the AZ1, which has the cool gull wings, or the Beat, which is, what, a little convertible, right? Okay, so the AZ1, great in theory, may look right. It is like driving in a fishbowl. <laughs> okay. It is. They have, they have weak AC. They have lots of glass. Getting parts for them are near impossible. Um same engine, it's a, you know, but it, instead of having front engine, it's a, it's a you know, mid-engine, rear engine. Um, 
and then you know the doors and stuff are problems. Plus itself, uh, it, it's it's about twice as expensive as a, as, and maybe even more. You know, they're 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 sort of desirable, but uh, the, having gimmicky doors doesn't really do it for me. And then right. the Honda Beat, uh, I had a bunch of them. Um, I thought there was something wrong with them because uh, they really are really really slow. <laughs> they make a lot of noise and they don't really they don't really do anything. Um, some people have taken me up on that, and I'm like, I've had about six or seven of them, and they're all the same. So um, I they just don't really do anything for me either. Um, okay. The, the the cap is fun. The 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 beat and the AZ one are just not. Not yeah. desirable. I mean, as far as as far as collect collectability, though, the AZ one is is more is is more desirable and more collectible. And but I I don't know where you reach this point where how much money somebody will pay for a K car. Yeah, I guess the fact that you know some of these guys they just want to have it on display, and if you have a car on display, one that has gold wings that you've never seen before, it's probably going to win the battle, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. But to drive the cap for sure. Yeah. Okay. To have an actual car. Well, your next one's the Honda, not Acura, Integra Type R. Tell us why it, it made the list. Well, I mean, everybody says it's the best front-wheel drive, you know, best handling front-wheel drive car ever made. Um, I put a bunch of miles on them, uh, you know, with close ratio. We got one, you know, close ratio gearbox and stuff in it, and it's just, it, again, it's sort of a, just a fun car to drive. Um, I like the I like the Honda because I like the, the, the Japanese front end is so much nicer. You know, I'm not always into aesthetics, but the, the U.S. four headlight deal just isn't really that cool. So the um, so the Japanese version, uh, I prefer to the U.S. version. Okay. So, and, and to me, you know, right-hand drive, I, I, I don't, you know, and some people will say, well, I, I, I have to have a right-hand drive car. I prefer right-hand drive. Like, I, I don't care. It doesn't bother me either way. It doesn't, it doesn't you know... Uh, driving daily can be obviously a little bit more of a hassle. There are, you know, definite limitations to having a right-hand drive car in a left-hand drive world. But, you know, I, I don't, I don't pick it because it is that or because it isn't that. So. Right. Okay. No, that's fair. That's cool. Okay. The next one is the Toyota Supra. Well, you got to put the Supra on there, right? Because the Supra is uh, basically the poster child for this. This generation, that this era, the '90s era, um, as far as desirability is concerned, and um, uh, what people will pay and and are really int- into, um, you know, that car is on a pedestal. You know, two JZ, that whole deal. Toyota really built a, a great car, and so it's definitely something that if you're going to have, you know, if you're going to have these cars in your garage, I mean, you, sh- you should have. You need to have a Supra. Right. Now that's the what, ninety five ish, ninety six twin turbo? Ninety three yeah, ninety three to ninety eight. Ninety three to ninety eight. Okay. Do you see much movement in the previous generation to that? The Celica? Anything back to no. like eighty five? Nah, not a not Mark Three as the Mark Three so there's a there's a JDM version uh, of one that has a two point five liter uh twin turbo, uh, Mar- uh a turbo R. It is um, so chassis code is MA seventy or they call them a Mark three Supra. Okay. So um, I I I don't you know I don't really pay that much attention to them, but you don't generally get as as much you know the the, the Mark four is the car again Fast and Furious. True. You know that's that was the you know the main car and 
that's what uh, you know what people look at. And I said, as silly as it sounds, it drives it definitely drives desirability. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, your next car is the second R32 GTR, but this is the Nismo version. So tell us why are there two, and what is the major difference other than the word Nismo? <laughs> Well, yeah. So, so basically, how I got my first uh, my first Nismo R thirty two GTR here into the US. So, you know, we're mostly dealing uh, again. The catalyst was in twenty fourteen R thirty two GTR turned twenty five years old, and then you know, basically every year, you know, as as cars are turning twenty five years old, they're able to be imported. So now there are some exemptions to that rule, and and one of those exemptions is called shore display. And shore display is a, a specialized exemption. If, you, if there's something that's out there that's desirable, you can import it into the U.S. provided you get permission from the NHTSA. You can drive it a maximum of 2,500 miles a year. And so back in 2012, I got approval for the uh, the Nismo version of the R32 GTR. And so the Nismo version. Um, Nissan made 560 of them. Um, they were supposedly the base for Group A race cars. Um, they basically had a little bit different of a body kit, uh, no rear wiper, um, no ABS, uh, metal turbos, different exhaust manifolds, uh, just basically some bits and pieces, and, and they homologated that car for Group A racing, uh, FIA Group A racing. And so... Um, a lot of the information out there, again, 560 cars, says, oh, you know, Nissan kept 60 of them, you know, to turn into race cars, which uh, is not true, although I normally use a different term. But, um, and, <laughs> uh, you know, the, uh, because, but about the first six cars were definitely race cars. And uh, as far as I can tell, the seventh one was the first actual production car. And then some in the middle were some race cars. But I would say that probably not more than 20 of them were turned into race cars. And um, but um, again, how why that was significant was because for sure display they generally say under 500 made. So I have one. My one is number 500. So it's uh, chassis number 500 out of the, oh, that's cool. The yeah. 560. So okay. um, and I said I had it for a while and uh, I dig them. So that's awesome. Okay. Well, let's see. We got three more to go. Okay. The this one. I'll need some help pronouncing it. Autec, you go for the rest. <laughs> Stadia 260 RS. Oh, Autec Stadia. Yeah. So, so, so Autec is a quasi division of Nissan. Um, you know, to, to explain it, uh, I guess it was sort of like AMG. You know, it's like AMG. Sure. Yeah. Where they fall in, they they they, they produce like handicap cars. They do all these other kinds of things. And they did some special projects for, for Nissan. And, um, but basically, what the Stagia 260RS is, is the Stagia is a wagon. And so what they did is they took the full drivetrain from an R33 GTR, and they put it in a wagon. And oh, so wow. that's the, the Autec Stagia 260RS. 260 because it's 2.6 liter. So you have a, a wagon, five-speed manual, twin-turbo, all-wheel drive. <laughs> so it's a pretty it's a pretty neat uh, wagon. Uh, they made oh, I just how many did they make? Uh, I just brain faded if it was sixteen hundred or fourteen hundred. Anyway, it's something like that. They didn't make that many of them, and they made them uh, eighty November November ninety seven to two thousand and one or two thousand and two. Okay. And um, and again, sort of a sort of a specialty thing. 
Um, again, I like it because it's you know it's like the uh, the quintessential sleeper, I guess you could say. Yeah, no, that's great. That makes a lot of sense, especially with the trends we have going on right now with those types of cars. Everybody's digging right. them, so that's really cool. All right, two more to go. Mitsubishi yep. Lancer Evo Six TME. So tell us about this TME. car and what the t- TME. What is that? So TME Tommy Mackinac edition. Oh, and okay. so that is the you know Tommy Mackinac was their um, uh, rally driver for uh, Mitsubishi. So they had this special edition for him. Um, now the Evo. So we had the the Evo here in the states. We had the uh, the eight up eight nine ten uh, when Mitsubishi was actually producing you know cars, and um, but this started in Japan with the Evo one to go rally racing. And so um, you had a very stout engine in the four G sixty three all wheel drive system, a really good engine on a with a crappy chassis or I mean the cheap chassis. Uh, you know I mean it's your I mean, there's plenty of old muscle car type examples where you had a lot of engine and not much car. You know, where you had the you know a small uh, you know a small less desirable body, but with a you know with with the most desirable engine. And that's sort of where the Evo fits. And so where the the six comes in is it's just it just got to a point where it's very aggressive aerodynamically. Um, it looks very purposeful, and uh, the TME because. Um, they had some differences on the TME, different turbocharger, and, and um, it's just sort of to me, it's the it, it's the one of all those cars. The seven, I think they toned it down, and the eight, they also toned it down too. I think the six is sort of where they where they reach the peak. Yeah, maximum so seat, output. Yeah. Peak. Well, just sort of the maximum uh, everything about the car to make sure. it into like this cool rally car. Yeah, um, total package. So. Yeah, okay. And and they are very desirable and money and expensive. So already. So. <laughs> okay, the last one is the Honda ACTY van. So you are not all about cars because I know we had, you know, the Delica yep. earlier and then the wagon and now we have a van. So tell us about this one. Um, I was just sort of thinking about what's something weird that we have that I that I, I like that's that maybe people don't know about. In Japan, they have these uh, they have K K trucks, the little tiny trucks. And they're very useful little things. They're like having a uh, a golf cart or a side by side or something like that, except for you know they're highway legal and um, there's all kinds of different versions of them. And so I picked the Acti van just because uh, we had one before. And what's kind of cool about it is, is again, it's this little tiny van, and it, the footprint is very small. It has double slider doors on it, so it basically opens up from from both sides. Have you know full slider doors. And it's small, I mean, but you can fit four people in it. It has what seems to be a silly amount of headroom when you're sitting in there. It's a lot bigger inside than it seems like from the outside. And so um, it's just this useful little thing. Um, And, again, it wouldn't be something that you'd want to take on a road trip. It wouldn't be anything that – but as far as, like, having this cool, weird little uh, van to move yourself around in or – you know, people have used them to make little coffee shops and, you know, things like that out of it. But um, I just think they're really cool, useful little, yeah. little, little things. Yeah, so what's the short for it? What'd you call it? Oh, oh Acti is the, yeah. So, I mean, there's basically all the, the Japanese brands, Daihatsu and Suzuki and, and uh, 
all and Subaru even has one called a Samba. Um, they all have these like little vans. They're all basically the same. They're just like little work trucks, but they're they're just useful because I mean you can literally and some of them are again all wheel drive and manual transmission and I mean you can like drive it down the sidewalk. I mean it's 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 <laughs> right. it's, 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 it's it's small enough that you can actually drive it on a sidewalk and. Uh, you know, you can drive between things and, uh, you know, if you had a property or, you know, and you need to get around or if you're, you know, sort of local and you're moving things around or if you're, you know, even like me, like a car dealer and you wanted to have a whole bunch of stuff in there, you know, you can put your toolbox and sure, you can make yeah. yourself a relatively, you know, <laughs> relatively mobile mobile type mechanic and, and uh, or, you know, racetrack and things like that. If you're a racetrack, it's a much more kind of useful thing to have because it's a van and everything's enclosed. You can kind of yeah. lock it up if you needed to. Awesome. So, I said just a, a lot of cool little things. So. Yeah. Okay. No, that's great. Now, unfortunately, I only have, I'm running over right now, but I got, I pushed off my three o'clock till three ten, so I got five minutes. Okay. 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 All right. Yep. All right. So you you covered with us your top ten ultimate garage. I appreciate that. That's really interesting and fun because there's some stuff on there I have not heard before. So I'm definitely going to Google a few of those. So I appreciate that. And one thing we do at the end of this is do, we do play a little game called Keep at Cash and Crush. I believe I gave you a heads okay. up on this. I hope I did. Mm-hmm. And what's yep. interesting is I actually doodled i changed some of my parameters here based on our conversation so this is probably one of the easier ones i've come up with so i'm curious to see your answer here so your three cars now there are some specifics to them but i'm going to pick an r32 an r33 and an r34 those are your three cars but the r32 let's see here r32 has forty-five thousand miles Mm -hmm. and just a driver grade grade level three Let's see, the R33 has, let's say, 15,000 miles and is a rare paint coat. I'm going to say that purple color. That's pretty rare for the R33, right? Eh, not really. The The blue is, but... Uh, All right, let's go with the blue. Or red. Or red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then the R34 is basically new. So showroom fresh, R34, R33 with 15,000 miles and that rare blue color, and then the R32 with 5,000 miles and just a driver. So which one would you keep forever? Which one would you cash in? And then, unfortunately, which one would you send to the crusher? Ah, uh, man. Well, you know, you got to cash in on the R34 because the money's all there for those, for a new car. I mean, if it's new right now, even right now, it's probably pretty close to half a million. Wow. Yep. Um, and then, uh, um, you know, I'm a, I'm an R32 guy. <laughs> I gotta keep it. Wow. Get rid of the R33. So because I'm a, I, I mean, I'd rather have a better R32, but uh, you know, um, but I, I just, I just dig the R32. So. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. Now, what if I had said the R33 was new, and the R34 had forty-five-thousand miles? Same. Okay. Well, yeah, the R34s are really strong. Yeah. Okay. Well, in They're the really strong. Yeah. Yeah. In so. in the two minutes I have left, let's say I give you a call, give me a quick overview, and I tell you I want you know I want a 2001 whatever R34. I want it here January of 2024. Tell me the process. Well, it's 2001. It's going to be 2026. But um, oh, let's so say 99. The, <laughs> Sorry, 1999. Yeah, 99. So that's, yeah, so 99 car. 
So basically right now, I mean, if you said you're looking for something in particular, you know, we would, uh, you know, if I don't have it in stock, I mean, we do have stuff in stock in Japan. You know, we can look for it, find it for you. Obviously, you know, different people have different parameters on what they want and don't want. You know, maybe a certain color or not a color, mileage restrictions and things. So, um, and then uh, basically uh, purchase the car, and then we have a facility over in Japan where we can store them. Um, we have a bunch of cars over there already stored. We And then you can pick on what you want to do with the car when it's there. I mean, we can do everything from full service to send it to a Mori factory to get it built up or built by legends if you want to do things when, you, when it's there or if you want us to just, you know, not do anything with it. You want us to just, you know, start it up every month, every, you know, detail it, do whatever you want. Um, uh, we're actually working on some stuff to be able to go and visit it, but obviously now with the, uh, the COVID, it's been relatively difficult. Um, but uh, we were working on some, some, some things with, uh, to have customers come and be able to drive the cars and stuff when they were there in Japan. Um, but other than that, uh, again, just store it over there in Japan, and, um, and then once it, uh, once it hits 25, uh, put it on a boat and ship it here. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, I really appreciate your time today, Sean. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Top Break Importer? Sure, it's um, it's importervehicle.com is our website. Uh, our phone number is eight four four five two three two two three three. And uh, like I said we've been doing this for quite a long time. So awesome, man! People can come by and visit us if they want in uh, in Cypress, so in Cypress, California. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Sean. No problem. All right, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.